We now know, according to human rights group Safeguard Defenders, they're based in Spain, the Chinese government, led by the Communist Party, has at least one secret police station right here in Vancouver. There may, in fact, be more than one, and there certainly is more than one in this country. Well, yesterday on the Jazz Joe Hall Show, Jazz spoke with Jeremy Nuttle, a Vancouver-based investigative reporter with the Tor Star, about what we learned from this report that came out from Safeguard Defenders and the location of that police station in Vancouver. Yeah, this report says there is one, but it can't. It can't. It doesn't pinpoint the exact address. Um, so Safeguard Defenders sort of gleans a lot of this information from uh, public, publicly available documents, many attributed to the, the Chinese government. And through that process, they have uh, deciphered that there is um, a police station in Vancouver uh, being operated by the Wanzhou uh, police authorities uh, on some level. They're not sure the exact address. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's a few guesses that I think some people could hazard, but uh, no, no proof of where it actually is yet. And another, um, another police station... They don't know the, the location, even the province that it's in. Well, Richard Curland is an immigration lawyer and a policy analyst and, uh, and knows all things and all issues uh, related to immigration and some of the tensions when it comes to the Chinese government. We're lucky to have him with us this morning. Richard, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, you know, when they talk about a police station, I, I mean, that really is a great little headline, a Chinese police station in Vancouver. What is it that they're getting at? Well, uh, I think it's a cry for public attention uh, in order to get resources allocated to our public security institutions like CSIS, like RCMP, uh, like a national security integrated uh, level of police uh, liaison at the VPD. So, yes, this kind of thing has happened, is happening, and likely will happen in the future, but there's no reason why we have to make it easy for them. Well, yes, and uh, when we're talking about uh, a police station, it's more what we're talking about, I guess, here is uh, the gathering of intel um, mm. and uh, having that go back to a foreign government. I guess that's mm. really the scare, isn't it? And this report kind of just highlights the fact, and it should be, we should be really open about this, they've known that this so-called police station in Vancouver has been here since 2016, but probably goes back a lot further than that, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but yeah. And that's because uh, we have seen in the immigration caseload individuals physically present right here in British Columbia from that community who have complained and testified, provided affidavits to the effect that the uh, government of China directly and indirectly coerce uh, Canadian relatives on Canadian soil into convincing a Chinese citizen to go back and face the music uh, uh, in the mainland. And uh, there's a wide spectrum. Uh, we've seen, if you like, the uh, history machine. Remember Mr. Lai and his ilk? Oh, yeah. So he's here for like a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, as well, uh, there have been uh, refugee claimants on Canadian soil. Uh, the issue there is, uh, for, for Beijing, uh, these individuals may have taken money illicitly out of China. And the game is... Uh, uh, cultural to China. 
remember, it's a different society. It does not share our Western democratic values. It's more akin to old village uh, mentality uh, during the European Middle Ages, where a family member uh, may bring into disrepute the entire family. And punishment is not meted out to that individual, but to the entire family. The closest we've seen over the past decades was during the rule of Stalin, when in the former Soviet Union, they used to burn down an entire village to catch uh, a couple guilty guys. That's their system. But there's no reason why we have to make it easy for them to uh, operationally uh, allow this to happen. Uh, we have tools. Uh, they, we can place many of these individuals in electronic goldfish bowls and monitor who they communicate with, who communicates with them. Do we want to get hands-on, direct in their face? Not the best idea, <laughs> because well, money and time. Exactly, and I guess it's two different priorities, as I understand you laying it out. Uh, for perhaps the Chinese government, it is a saving face. Mm. And uh, for us, is there anything that we should worry about? <laughs> I mean, is Canada the the harborer of secret information and uh, secrets and this type oh. of thing that the Chinese government just needs to get their hands on? Or, or is that just kind of no? It's not, um, it's not a nuke. It's more of a sniper shot. So the Chinese government is interested in individuals, not the mass surveillance of our Canadian society, at least not yet. But if you're going to point a finger, I would point it squarely at the city of Richmond. They, they did something I simply do not comprehend. They implemented a mirror mass surveillance system on the road network installing over a hundred cameras to capture who's on our roads uh, a, a couple years ago. And that information is open to the highest bidder in the private sector. So let me walk you through this. I mean, Yeah, this is the, interesting. Let's go through the, this. The deal is that if, if uh, Richmond is known to have a, a rather significant proportion of uh, uh, Canadian citizens, permanent residents uh, from the mainland, and what better tool uh, for Beijing to use in intelligence than to gather information picked up by the city of Richmond uh, regarding the travelers on Richmond roads? You can't get to the airport without hitting this net. You can't cut across from region to region by traversing uh, uh, Richmond without, you know, smiling into the camera. And what are they thinking? Richmond says, oh, it's to provide uh, information in case there's a car accident. All right. So hopefully the province will step in, re-examine how we allowed a mass surveillance system to be installed on Canadian soil in Van Greater Vancouver, and uh, who's been buying this information off the city of Richmond? I, I, I don't know. And given the intrusive nature of Beijing intervention on Canadian soil, including quote-unquote secret police stations, you just can't let stuff like this ride. We have an obligation to protect, protect our Canadian citizens, our permanent residents who have connections to the mainland. And when I drive my car through Richmond, I don't want to be on camera.
There's no reason for that. So uh, it's I don't get it. Uh, in addition, uh, there's got to be perhaps a designated point of communication for individuals who feel they have information regarding uh, a, a police station or other uh, storefront that has been providing and continues to provide um, operational support for uh, Chinese government activities on Canadian soil. Like I say, you can either make it easy, roll over, ignore it, and hope it goes away, or do something. Fascinating story. We've been talking with Richard Curland about uh, these Chinese police stations and surveillance and uh, possibly what we can be doing. Now, Richard, as an immigration lawyer and a policy analyst, uh, more so on the policy side, could I ask you this question? You outlined uh, something that I consider a little uh, frightening, the fact that uh, Richmond can gather uh, all this information on cameras about who's traveling on the roads and sell it off to a highest bidder. Who knows who that bidder may be working for? Um, But there's got to be something on the government or policy side that can be done about this so there isn't something in the future that could be a lot more serious, I guess. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, the government actually is taking appropriate steps, not just behind that magic wizard's curtain where you're never going to really see what they are doing, but on the front line. So the government is contemplating changing uh, the laws regarding uh, money. Uh, register if you're an agent and uh, c- control the information on who gives money to whom. We've, we've seen allegations of political interference indirectly by China. But here's the thing. You can't blame Beijing if they're following our own rules. They've done nothing wrong because we haven't made the rules. Until rules are made, my concern goes out to the families. The families here in Canada with mainland connections. So the scenarios, nightmarish, are you're pulling out of your local store, you're in traffic, and you happen to be behind four cars that just left a human rights demonstration, and now you're tagged on camera. Or you're walking, uh, and you're enveloped by a crowd protesting something that happened in China, or trying to further human rights in Hong Kong, tag, you're it. And it's not you. The extended finger of Beijing doesn't rush across the Pacific and tap you on the shoulder right away. They'll go for your family in China, because now the family is tainted. Remember, China today has a point system where they control using biometrics, watch where you go, who you talk with, what you do to give you a magic number, a social good number. So what you do during the day is monitored and you're tagged if you're a good citizen, a bad citizen. That can be extended to a Canadian connection. So, you know, it's a brave new world. We have to live up to the fact that it's a technocratic, non-democratic Uh, surveillance society of the first order, and we have to guard against extending that into Canada. Like I say, we can't make it easy for these guys. So protect the families, use your head, walk three blocks away if there's a demo against China, and similarly, just don't park in that parking lot where they're having you know, uh, uh, please, uh, no more involuntary kidney donation programs. We're against that. 
And there you go. So protect the families. The government's on the right path. Um, we have to change the rules, not so much by making things illegal or increasing government waste and cost, but by trying to centralize intake on these kinds of activities. Have one spot. If it, if it has to be an MP's office where people can go knowing they'll be safe, protected, and their information guarded, uh, because the best evidence is information from the front lines, and with that best evidence, we can figure out the rules. But until rules come out, you just go after the low-hanging fruit and the red meat, like that Richmond surveillance system. Uh, that's what sends a signal. What if about the expats, that, uh, the people that have yeah. come and lived here? Do they really understand some of the risks, uh, especially I'm thinking of children, of yeah. uh, maybe families uh, back in China? Yeah, adolescent children here may not carry the same mm, weight in terms of thinking straight uh, on what they're doing in their schools and how it may affect their cousins in China. Uh, it's it's all about common sense at this point. Knowing that uh, China has an interest in surveying our uh, uh, on Canadian soil, uh, our Canadians and permanent residents or others from China here should be enough to put you on guard. It's sad you may have to think like we did uh, during COVID. Wait a minute, here's a layer of thinking we've never had to encounter before. COVID. The same thing for Beijing surveillance. You just have to use your head and do the right thing and don't step into it blindly. Well, know maybe shows like this will help out. Richard, you're a fascinating guest. Uh, thanks for really uh, you know, highlighting some very interesting and, uh, dare I say, frightening things here. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure. Keep okay. it up. Okay. 911.